Hey everybody, it's Jason. Uh, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. This is yet another um, re thing of a thing. Um, it's uh, our first episode with a writer, um, specifically Brian Kelly, writer of Arcade. You're going to hear me literally repeat a lot of this in my original intro to that last episode. Uh, that last, the episode that I'm putting on today. You know what I'm saying. Um, Either way, uh, as you can see online, all kinds of crazy stuff going on, so our schedules are definitely not syncing up. However, we do have uh, some recording sessions coming up, including um, uh, a series with uh, somebody who had a pretty big arc on news radio, um, and we're going to try and not air those out of order, but if we do, we do. Um, they'll still be fun to talk about, um, but yeah, we've got stuff ready to go. Our schedules just have to kind of match up to one another so that we can start getting you guys new episodes. In the meantime, check this out. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you soon. Oh, hi, WNYXicans. It's Jason Klom here. I uh, just wanted to give you a quick note before this episode starts. Uh, number one, it's very exciting because it's our first uh, writer from the show, Brian Kelly. Uh, and he actually wrote uh, one of my favorite episodes, Arcade. Um, but he's, he's on this episode. And also... Uh, I have a movie coming out on DVD. Uh, it's called Lords of Soaptown. It's my first documentary feature, um, and you can actually uh, pre-order it now at bit.ly forward slash Soaptown DVD, as it sounds, S-O-A-P-T-O-W-N DVD, all lowercase. Um, and yeah, it comes out officially on December 6th, but you can pre-order it now. I just wanted to get that out of the way since we don't mention it in this. I don't believe we do. Uh, so yeah, enjoy this episode of Dispatches from Fort Awesome. I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza, I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi. It's Jason Klom. Where's Alan? Alan's not here right now. But this episode is Friends. Production code 209, don't even normally say that. Season 2, episode 6, it aired November 14th, 1995. Jen is with me on the ether. Hello. And uh, our extra special guest is a gentleman who wrote this episode, Brian Kelly. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, this is super fun. Thank you for agreeing to come into a stranger's house. Um, <laughs> and I I want to talk about, okay, so number one, you, you decided you're going to do this because this is the first one you're, where you're a accredited writer. Is it the first one you wrote on at all? Yeah, uh, it's not. I don't think it's the first episode I worked on. It, it was kind of hazy because I moved out to L.A. Uh, and I went to a few table reads and I was kind of hanging. I forget what the first episode I actually worked on. Okay. It wasn't this one. Okay. I think I was at Rat Funeral at the mm -hmm. taping and then it sort of was around more and more. And it was just a, 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 you know, a lucky thing, well, for me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, where they had some staff turnover, and I was just hired to write a script. Uh, and I come into the office, and you know they say, "Well, we need you full time." It was great. You know? Wow! Yeah, really lucky. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the whole idea and everything, but I did notice that it was directed by Michael Lembeck, and he's a son of. I'm just curious what he's like as a director because I know they went through a lot of different directors, but he's a son of like a guy from one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Harvey Lembeck, who was on the Phil Silver Show. Okay. Yep. Um, so I'm just curious what Michael was like. As a director, if you know, because I don't even know how much the writers are even there to watch it. Well, you're there. Uh, you're really involved. It's great. You're at every rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I mean, every they uh, the cast would uh, rehearse all day with 
Michael, whoever mm-hmm. the director was, and then uh, we would they'd have a you know a little performance for us, and then sometimes the network network was there, the mm-hmm. studio. Um, so we saw them every day, um, and obviously we're there for the whole shoot, uh, and you know pitching pitching lines and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't remember much about Michael mainly because I was in a pure state of panic. I bet mm-hmm. you know it was this was like my fr- I had it I'd worked at SNL the year before. Okay, nice. this is my first sitcom job so i was just learning how to do it mm-hmm. so i'm sure he was great yeah, i don't yeah. <laughs> that's fine i vaguely remember what he looked like um nothing bad sticks out so nothing well there, there was one there's one scene which drove us crazy which was uh when when bill's with the uh you know is talking to toby huss and, and mm-hmm. tone loke yeah um there's three of them and we had four cameras and I remember there was a there was one scene where you could never see two faces at once. Oh, really? So, Michael, it's almost impossible to do, but we always had the back of a head blocking mm. someone's face. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm Michael's a, he's won Emmys. I'm sure he's a great director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the one the one thing that just drove you nuts. just drove us nuts. <laughs> but uh, so how how did okay? So we'll we'll talk about the basics. It does start out that is that is how this opens is with. Bill tries to get into WNY, trying to get into the Criterion building, yes. the fictional Criterion building, and is not let in through. Uh, somehow, the, like, Tone Loke and Toby Huss play kind of. Toby Huss plays a real dumbass, but, right. like, they're both <laughs> these weird Kafka security guards somehow in this. In this in this world, they're yes. just not letting him in for anything. And this was, uh, if I if I remember correctly, this was kind of based on Thirty Rock, like. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I only worked at SNL for a year, but the people people have been there a long time, mm-hmm. and they would chat with the security guards every single day and be super. Fun. And then the one day they forget their ID, they're like, "I, I can't let you up." It's just you know, <laughs> it, it was it, it drove people insane. And and so mm. I, I'm not sure if I pitched the idea. We may have just been because Lou Morton had worked uh, with me at SNL okay. before, so it might have been his idea that I ended up being assigned to write. Um, it's hard to remember where all these things come sure. from years later, but. Uh, um, yeah, and they, and they were that way. It was just, it was, this is totally taken from real life. And yeah. they're, obviously they're exaggerated, but not by much. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I think this is Toby Huss's first on the show, because he does this character twice, and then later on plays a weird, uh, like, motivational speaker slash criminal, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> later on, which is way more in his wheelhouse, too. I like in this, he's just like, but later on, he eats that shit up. Yeah. So, so much. He, uh, he is fantastic. <laughs> he, was, he was very friendly, I think, with uh, Josh Leave and Al Higgins. We all loved him. I mean, he was—he's yeah. just so funny. So we we would kind of look for places to use him. Yeah, you know. So when you're doing a show, an episode like any sitcom, at least on news radio, was it some the A story comes from somewhere and the B story and C story come elsewhere? Or are they all pitched at the same time? I'm curious. It varies a lot. Yeah. I mean, we would, um, you know, I I joined the show midway through. I think I was six episodes in or something in mm-hmm. season two. So okay. I missed the pre-production, the story pitch out. The other seasons I was there, we would. Um, once uh, you know a season wrapped, then you'd have a hiatus of I don't know six weeks or something. You'd mm-hmm. come back, and everyone would just come in with a bunch of story ideas, and they mm-hmm. might be, you know, a half a page long. One of my story ideas was uh, once was Mas- Matthew gets a mustache, which we ended up doing, <laughs> and it was just I mean, because what more do you need to say, Matthew yeah, yeah, with yeah. a mustache? So yeah. you know, they they could be very simple, and and then basically um, we'd all sit around in Paul's office and and just uh, put them all on. On, on cards and, and basically match them together. Okay. And okay. sometimes it was, you would pitch A and B story, even C story and running jokes and everything and it would just fall together as an episode. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time we, you know, uh, you'd say we like 
we like this story, we don't like this story, we like you know, so and you mix mm-hmm. and match, and it's it's really hard on a show like this when you have so many good cast members to get them all involved. So that was mm-hmm. probably the biggest stumbling block was, and that's what made an episode like Friends hard because it was like now we've got BB Newark, and, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we want to, and she's great, and she's really good friends with Vicky, and we want to use her, and, and mm-hmm. she's the stunt casting which everyone was crazy about. Of back course, then. of course. Um, but it was really hard then to get everyone involved you know so uh so it would that a lot of determining which stories went with which was just who's in them you know right 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 so, so when you finally get her involved is it um, are you rewriting at that point to make it work for her or did you did you know early on enough that you'd need to be writing everything for bb newworth to it's say? the writing there was really quick okay and it, it tended to be um you know pretty last minute a lot mm-hmm, of the time mm-hmm. um mainly because paul could do it and Josh could do it. Josh Lieb, who uh, was sort of the second, he so he would, we would all write scenes, give them to Josh. He'd put them together, give them to Paul, and he'd polish them and, yeah. and add stuff. And um, those guys were so fast that we could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was it was bizarre because you you, you know, we we would often have to uh, do massive rewrites after you saw a run through because the story's mm-hmm. just not working. So, you know, we'd go upstairs. Um, and we were under a real time crunch, so we would immediately play Doom for 12 hours. <laughs> and then <laughs> we would say, we should probably write the show. And uh, so, you know, we'd, we'd have uh, a couple of hours to do maybe two scenes. Yeah, each, yeah, yeah. You know? And then you get those done, you give them to Josh and Paul, and they, just, they come together like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they were really fast and really good. So. Yeah. Um, and that's why we could do it that way. And it, in this case, it helped a lot because it was, you know, I, I'm sure we didn't know we were going to get B.B. Newworth until pretty late. Right. And she's friends with Vicky, so it was just, all right, we need a story where the two of them are, are friends. And, you know, it, it came together really fast. I, I think, if I remember right, that Josh wrote the B.B. Vicky stuff and I wrote the security guard things. The security guard I stuff. think, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my God. Um, so... I'm trying to think how, how we how we do this. If we're, if we we can, did you get to rewatch it or is it? I did. I had okay. to pay for it, which is did you? awful. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm two dollars poor. I've got the DVDs. If you really need to borrow. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was I was, was going to come like with, with gifts and everything because I have uh-huh. stuff. We're moving, so we're uh, my family's in an apartment right now between our houses. Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. my stuff's in storage. But Jesus, that's a pain. You now. can I'll come, come back. back. Yeah. yeah, I'll come back. Oh no, you should come back. Yeah. Uh, I will say just for the folks at home, we do have another writer who is going to come on the show. <laughs> because you're coming on. So, that? Like, so uh, Lou Morton. Oh, he, good. He okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he's like, so who, who's the writer doing your show? I'm like, Brian Kelly's going to do it. And he's like, okay, I'll do it if Brian's doing it. Yeah. So okay, I'm like, yeah. yay. <laughs> um, and I, I also should point out the reason I got you on the show was because when I found out, you know, you do that. I, I don't know as a writer if you do. You probably don't take it for granted. I mean, I'm a writer too, but if you're watching your favorite episode a million times and you're like, I should probably look who wrote this fucking thing. Oh, yeah. You no know what cares. I mean? You know? No one cares. Well, it's not that you don't care. <laughs> you just don't realize how important, like, this l- seemingly small piece of information might be because it just flips by. But you know what? I mean, the, the truth is on a sitcom, uh, any TV job, it's a collaborative thing. Sure. And, yeah. You know, I might have written the first draft of some of these mm-hmm. scenes, but mm-hmm. everyone, the staff made them funny. For sure. You know? And uh, so you end up having as many jokes on someone else's show as you do your own. Right. And I mean, you saw, especially with news radio, we would we would sometimes, you know, have uh, six credited writers. Mm-hmm. And that's just because we broke it up and we, you know. Yeah. And it was those six writers turned to have a credit. It's not because they wrote more sure. than anyone else. What so. was the atmosphere like that sort of 
made it. I don't, there is just I can I've never been able to describe the feel of this show. You it's couldn't go to a, somebody because they'd be like, "Oh, it's an office sitcom from the '90s." Be like, "Yeah, you're right, but it's, it's not suddenly Susan. It. It's a di- yeah. you know." Yeah. And I can't. Fi- is there is there something about the environment at the office that contributed to the way this show felt? Yes. Uh, I'm I'm going to be completely talking out of my ass. That's fine. <laughs> Please so, do. Yeah, we do that every week because uh, uh, I'm sure I'm I'm wrong about this, but to me, what what uh, what made the show feel the way it did was that it was uh, everyone involved in it. It was their whole life. You know, it was just mm-hmm. it was all the most of the writing staff was like 23 or 24. Yeah, you know, except yeah. Paul was in his 20s when the show started. It was yeah. crazy. Um, we didn't have girlfriends. We didn't have lives. Um, we lived at the office. Um, and then what Paul did, which was really smart, is he whatever happened in the office, he'd make us write an episode about it. Okay. So it's very much, you know, we don't really dwell much on the personal lives of the characters on the on the show because yeah. we didn't have any, we didn't know anything. So right. <laughs> it, it, it was all, you know, it, it it is really contained within just the office, mm-hmm. and it's you know, um, so many of the details are you know these obsessive small things that just happen to us. Mm-hmm. So we would write about them and. You know, there's the the bitch session episode, which yeah. you know was based on a real thing, mm-hmm. uh, and Paul made me write to punish me. Um, <laughs> uh, I said this in the commentary before, but with that episode, the first draft is so unfunny that I wrote because it's basically a, a like a seventy page apology to Paul, <laughs> and like don't fire me. And so there's this very light on jokes. And Holy then, yeah, shit. Funny. <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is that kind of like, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. I don't want to say dorm room, but it's like there is this, like, you. I mean, it just so perfectly encapsulates the lives of people who are obsessed with their work. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. love it. Yeah. And also have vivid fantasy lives because at some point we see an entire fucking episode in space. Oh, and on the Titanic. So God yeah. damn it. There's such good episodes, too. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, at a certain point it was like, oh, fuck it. No one's watching the show anyway. So, <laughs> so mm. let's, just, let's have fun. So I can swear, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, do. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, we, it was such a fun job and, Mm -hmm. and really, you know, uh, Paul just, you know, was very open to crazy ideas and Mm -hmm. and we did them and, and, you know, it it was a blast. Do you, okay. So uh, there, you know, I noticed, I noticed about this. Okay. Since, since you did write the security guard stuff, as far as you remember, as far as Uh, I remember, um, I did notice that the cold open typically would end with. You could you could probably qualify like a Matthew fuck up as a punchline, right? Or a joke punchline. Mm-hmm. The only there's not it's just pure rage and it's Bill smashing a phone against a, a payphone and there's no cutaway to Beautiful. reaction or anything. Just smash, 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 <laughs> and then bum, walk bum, away, yeah, dangle yeah, yeah. the cord. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking great. Like Bill can do anything. Oh, good. Go- Is that? But I mean, are things like that? Because like, how do you write that and think that's gonna? Because you know you're writing for Phil Hartman. Yeah, I mean, um, the. The amazing thing about Phil was that you could just write, you know, you didn't have to write jokes, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, mm-hmm. um, he would, he could always like, you know, if you, if he was answering a question and he said no, and that's his entire line, uh-huh. he could do it eight ways mm-hmm. and they all Absolutely. had different motivations mm-hmm. that were all funny. Like for, for, he'd sound offended. You'd be like, why is he offended by this? And then he'd sound, you know, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd be giggling. He'd be like, something must be really funny. He just, he yeah. was so good at just, at finding these emotional takes on all these lines that you just, you know, 
I mean, uh, hopefully we did write some jokes from along the way, but it was, <laughs> but it was, it was just easy. And so I'm, I, I would imagine that's something we were just rehearsing and it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's hilarious. And that's that's the end. And that's not the writing. It's the it's right. Film, so. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the fun thing about a show like this is I'm assuming that if there was any show Bible, it wasn't nearly as strict about anybody's back. Because, you know, I yeah. if you've, have you heard any episodes of this yet? I, you know, I try not to dwell in the past. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm thrilled no, to do it's this. Fine. It's fine. But no, no, the no, idea no. of sitting sitting in a car and listening, listening. to a show about a job. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Understandable. Would that be a little sad, right? Well, so, I mean, I think I, I'm so thrilled that people still care about the show. You sure. have no idea how sure. much that means. No, no, no. But if I live in the, if I live I back it. there, well, that's no, yeah, no, no. That's, ex- <laughs> that's excessive nostalgia to the point where I, I get that. Yeah. Well, long story short, we do a segment, specifically Jen does a segment called The Real Deal with Bill McNeil, where we try and figure out what the fuck is going on in his backstory. Okay. So what I. so many things. He is about some things that he does. Some of them are clear and some of them are probably all true. What's great is then that acting choices are informing that so heavily because if you watch the shit behind his eyes in so many scenes, it's making me very happy. Like that there's just there's that kind of shit happening. He was amazing. Ah, so much cooperation. God damn it. That's so so good. Um so I also like that the so the BB newer story, for those again, you shouldn't be listening to this if you haven't seen it already, makes no sense. Um, this is like a long, extensive, uneducated commentary, uninformed. Uh, but uh, BB Newworth is one of Beth's quote unquote friends from fifth grade. And uh, she, Beth wants her fired because she's a copycat, like yeah. a weird, seemingly crazy kind of copycat person. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any questions, Jen, while I look at my notes? Because. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Bill's reactions are pretty straightforward. In this episode, I guess. Yes. I mean, he's just trying to hold back rage because he <laughs> can't go to work. Yeah. And that's seemingly one of the things that actually like makes him happy in life. Yeah. I. You know, what I enjoy about his performance in this is that it's that thing where you're up against an obstacle and you, you're so frustrated trying to figure out how to get by. And he just, he's so good at shifting from emotion to, to emotion. Yeah. And so you just watch him shift from tactic to tactic. And yes. This, you know, and, yes. and I'm going to be mean, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to joke around, you know, and I'm going to sneak by them. You yes. know? And so, um, yeah, that, that for me, the fun of it is watching him sort of tick off these strategies. Yeah. yeah. None of them work. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting because to some extent, he at least has mild levels of success, even if he's like defeated later in the episode mm-hmm. when he does it like with Dave. Right. Or like Dave usually ends up winning when, when Bill and, and Dave go head to head. Dave suffers, but he wins in the oh, end. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. The, he has small victories, but Dave like wins in the end. Bill, right. Bill doesn't end up. But in this one, it's like he has no foothold. And it's interesting. There's, to see you, that, they, like, you think he might be getting some foothold in most episodes, and yeah. then it's just like, this one's just him hitting his head against the wall in different ways. It's totally hopeless, and that's you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fun to watch him yeah. do it too, because yeah. it's not very nice to people. <laughs> no, it's 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 fun to watch Bill McNeil suffer. It's yeah. really fun because he's yeah. so willing to make other people suffer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he definitely gets off on it. So. Um, there's, uh, there's this whole, okay, so there's a whole bit where, uh, for some reason an entire plot point is, is around a shredder. Like, yeah. it's so <laughs> fucking goofy that they've, and even, I guess it's a toy, giant prop toy, shredder toy, too. Yeah. Toy, toy, toy. It's yeah. a giant prop <laughs> shredder too. The origin of that, I'm guessing is, oh my God, we have nothing for Jimmy James to do this episode. <laughs> so, uh, and we need, you know, you always want things to be physical if yeah. you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, instead of just talky, and you know him, 
him shredding documents. <laughs> but literally, I, I would be amazed if it wasn't just, you know, he's got nothing to do. And and maybe the, he wheels in a shredder in one scene and we go, okay, well, that's his thing. This yeah, whole yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's not a ton of it. It's a few good jokes and that's fine, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, not everyone gets to be uh, front and center every episode. For sure. sure. Even if they're funny, like Stephen R- Right, right. <laughs> Shred the instructions for the shredder. Talk yep. about your mind-blowing irony. <laughs> that's right. God, it's so fucking funny. Um, the heart's pretty great, too. Oh, it's good, too. And and the paper's fluttering everywhere on everyone, like it's blood splattering everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you... All right, so when you when you went through and and wrote, I mean, did you get to rewrite anybody else's stuff in the other segments of the show? I'm just, I don't know. Again, I don't know how the process works at all. So you're asking in this particular episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or you just had your bit and that was it? Well, in this one, I think, I, again, I think that I, I did the security, which would be the B story, mm-hmm. uh, even though the show starts with it. Um, sure. And, the, you know, the main story is, is B.B. Newis. Um, so pretty sure that Josh wrote that. I wrote, and then, and then, you know, we do, we do, basically, we would, everyone would get the script, we'd all read it, have notes, and then we'd take scenes, and sometimes your job on a scene might just be like, punch up this joke, this joke, this joke, and this joke, and you might just do alternates and do five or six mm-hmm. jokes for every situation, um, every spot in the script. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it would be, the story doesn't work, and we need to, uh, you know, really, really rewrite the thing. And then everyone, we just split up the script. It, it's It's very different from... Um, any other show I've worked on. There are a few, a few shows I've done this way, but it's, it's pretty rare that you take the script and divide it up and have people write whole scenes. Mm-hmm. Generally, um, uh, so I've been at The Simpsons for years, right? Mm-hmm. And, gen- and what we do there is the, the script, which is what most sh- shows do, the script is up on two screens, right? And there's a writer's assistant who makes changes to the script. Um, and you sit there, you all sit around and you discuss you know, either big picture stuff or line by line and everyone just pitches jokes and you just kind of go through the script sequentially. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really great for something, an animated show like the Simpsons, because we, you know, it needs to be very joke dense, right? Um, you need to have a lot going on visually and a lot, uh, you know, uh, you know what, what the the Simpsons was when it came out and it was great and I had nothing to do with it. Uh, it was because, you know, it was just like this, it, the jokes came so fast and were such high quality. Yeah. So that's great for that. Um, more shows should do it the way news radio does though. Like specifically with live action shows, because what was, was great. And when I watch the show now, uh, which again, I don't do too much cause I don't live in the past, uh-huh, but uh-huh. when I do, sure. Um, there's so much space and there's like the, there's actual scenes that build to something, and because your focus as a writer was to write a funny scene, not a joke. So um, it was just a really smart way to do it because you could, you could, uh, th- you know, there'd be space in a scene. It would, it, yeah. would, it would, there were lines that didn't have to be super funny. They're, they're leading to something mm-hmm. and they're setting up conflict and, you know, and all yeah. that stuff. And, and so that's what News Radio did that was totally different from any other show. Yeah. Um, and it really shows. Yeah, I think I think it's one of the reasons why some people love it so much because it makes it very fluid and um, each story is like its own little piece. I mean, sometimes they weave together really well, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, not that they weave together badly ever. I think, but sometimes no, they're like really beautifully woven, and then sometimes they're great like as just sort of separate but going on. But like each story is so fluid, and then the tension building 
it, it's just beautiful in each one i think because probably because of that style yeah and it was the writing and then, and then you have the actors who were were really like you know dumb to say they were into their characters all right all actors are but they would really protect the characters and they would they would give us notes and say like you know emotionally i should be thinking this not this and yeah you know, great and and you, and you know you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. uh because um you know what i learned working on the show is that comedy is about conflict and the conflict has to be rooted in emotion and all that stuff which you hear a million times but it's true and so um you know that the writing style and the fact the actors were, were so good uh you know really Enfor- reinforce that so yeah well I mean every time I've ever tried or wanted to write for television the thing the criticism you always get is well jokes per minute and that, that yeah. is the thing that drives me fucking up the wall yeah. personally and maybe it's because of shows like news radio where I'm like well that's not how that show was written right and it worked pretty well yeah um, it's you know if you're trying to get hired for a job you yeah. want to have dense jokes sure 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 yeah once you're on the show hopefully mm-hmm. you can you know it's you know and again there's nothing wrong with jokes but uh but uh I can't believe I just said that. It's dumb. <laughs> nothing wrong with jokes. Yeah, nothing wrong with jokes. <laughs> Ryan Kelly. Very, yeah, insightful. But, uh, um... Hey, folks, it's Jason. This week, Dispatches from Fort Awesome is proudly sponsored by $300 Data Recovery. Uh, there's a very good reason they're our sponsor this week, and that's because there would be no episode this week without them. And we'd have started the entire show from scratch if we hadn't found out about their services, frankly. Data recovery stuff can be very expensive. Data recovery stuff can be uh, very tricky, uh, but they made it very easy and their prices are incredibly reasonable. Um, As you probably saw online a few weeks ago, my hard drive crashed. Uh, That was six terabytes, almost a million files, and they recovered everything for me. This was not an easy order either. I had four drives in one enclosure in a RAID setup, meaning you can't just plug in the drives and copy stuff over if the drives are healthy. Uh, They took my drives, examined them, determined whether or not they needed to open up my drives in their clean room, which they didn't, which uh, sped things up for me. And then they copied everything over to a very large USB drive that I have now. Um, Their rates are reasonable, like I said, as little as $300 a drive, hence the name. And they don't just work locally, actually. You can send your drives into them. You just fill out their form on their website. So go to $300datarecovery.com. That's the number 300, then $datarecovery.com. Check them out. And once you do, back your stuff up again. Uh, that is literally what I'm doing as I'm recording this. Um, so, uh, you know, I had a drive that was supposed to be foolproof, and it wasn't. And $300 data recovery helped me out. They saved 26-plus years of writing, art, photos, videos, everything, including this podcast and my other shows. So check them out, $300datarecovery.com, and let them know that Jason from Dispatches from Fort Awesome sent you. Now back to the show. You know, you know, it's like it, it, it's it's it, it doesn't. You know, the, the stuff that stays with you is the emotional stuff mm-hmm. and the conflict and the you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know it's my opinion. Is there something uh, about this episode that stands out to you in particular? Like after rewatching, is there something that really hit you? Uh, it's not my favorite episode. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's <laughs> I mean, fine. It's perfectly honest. Um, it, it felt. Uh, I liked it. Um. I love BB Newer. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vicky Lewis is hilarious in this. The, sure. the frog thing is still she's <laughs> yes. so good. And, you know, just like, um, mm. does this frog tell you to do things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a, I like the episode, but it, mm-hmm. we, uh, the show, to, to me, it's season three where it's really all of a sudden, oh my God, the show is yeah. great. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Really beautiful. Um, and, and you build to that. And that's, that's, 
you know, all shows are that way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Seinfeld got way better as it went. Yeah. Uh, um, not that the first season was bad, but they were just finding it. And so we were, we were still yeah. kind of finding it. I was new. And then like Al and Drake and Sam and Chris and all these writers started at the same time I did. Yeah. Okay. So we were all new. We we're all figuring out how to do it. Um, and so, yeah, it took a little time. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the episode. I think it's, I think it's sure. really funny stuff, but uh, it, you know, there, there were just, we, we found stories that somehow brought more of the cast into them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this one's a little. It kind of it feels like it jumps around a little bit from story to story. Well, that was the thing I was going to yeah. say. Is like normally it's at least in two different spots in the office. In the now office. it's downstairs, and it yeah. is a weird disconnect. Yeah, that you're not used to on this show. Yeah, and as much as we love Toby yeah, yeah, and Tone yeah. Loke and BB, having three more people to suddenly yeah, that's a good point. Give lines to it's just there's not enough of the of the regular cast in it. You know right. What I mean? True. Um, so if we'd done either. The Bill story downstairs, mm. or the BB newer story. I think it, I think it would have had a better episode. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really quick. I think we should do a, a quick. Actually, you know what? Let before we do anything else, we'll take a quick break because you know advertisements are fun. Uh, we'll do that, and we'll be right back. Hi everybody, just Jason this week. But uh, I still love ice cream, and I still love CVT Soft Serve. Uh, if you go to cvtsoftserve.com, CVT stands for Chocolate Vanilla Twist. That's all they have. And that's all you need. It's delicious. It's fantastic. It's not healthy. And Joe, who runs the truck, uh, will admit that because it's it's delicious and it's wonderful. Uh, follow them at CVT Soft Serve on Twitter and Instagram. You'll love it. Please tell them we said hi. Uh, I tried to do that the other day, but the guy who was at the truck didn't know who I was. So uh, sometimes they're not going to know who we are. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, go to CVT Soft Serve. Bye. Oh, hi. We're back. Uh, Brian Kelly is still here. Um, Shot. Yeah, we Thank haven't gotten so him to run away yet. No, not yet. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around. <laughs> this is fun. Um, this is going to not be related to the episode, but earlier you were going to tell us. Okay, so uh, uh, my apartment has been named Fort Awesome for seven oh, years yes, now, yes. and we are in Fort Awesome Studios. Mm-hmm. You were going to tell me about the origin of the term Fort Awesome. I should, I should really let Lou do this, but I, 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 it, it's very you. simple. Uh, that <laughs> uh, Fort Awesome was what Lou called his house. So, <laughs> okay. you know, so when it, when we needed a name for Jimmy's, you mm-hmm. know, so it was, uh, that was an easy call. Yeah. Because it's the greatest name ever. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> and there's so many fans of us now who have stolen his name for his own house yep. because of his TV show. It's Lou Morton's house. That's what happens awesome. when you do a show that nerds really love. Yeah. You know, that's a thing uh, that I wasn't privy to because I was like, okay, so when this show started, I was 15. Uh, so I wasn't really on the internet. Right. But it had a huge fucking following in news groups and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the internet was so young back then. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't really read any of that stuff. Uh-huh. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, it had a, it, it always had a small but very loyal following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wish it had been a slightly bigger and less loyal following. <laughs> Loyalty means nothing. Just please watch the show. Uh, but um, no, it's great. And so you know, the fact that it's it's almost impossible to find and people still watch it mm-hmm. is really great. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I, I and into Kevin Smith years ago. He goes, I just discovered news radio. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and he Holy just watched, sat down and watched all yeah. of them. And it was great. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird to me who discovers them late. Like, yeah, it was funny. It's like, I had a, an English guy on my other podcast the other day mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I've got this other podcast about news radio and just, blank because you just know no one knows. friends they got yeah friends they got they got well, yeah, right. it doesn't standard go issue shit but they're like i'm like yeah no dave foley phil hartman is like oh yeah of course he knows who phil hartman is and right dave right. foley you know there's at least I mean, a little cross exposure between the canadians but yeah it's very weird to me that there's it is i mean you know it just never quite 
got the traction. To mm-hmm. show. And it didn't, you know, we didn't, it didn't have like Brooke Shields in the lead or something. You know what I mean? Sure. It, was, yeah. it, was, sure. it was hard for people to latch onto it. It was just, you know, hey, great ensemble cast and, you know, Tuesdays at 8.30 when it was. Like, yeah. You know, it was just, you know, it was hard to find. Didn't the day and time uh, shift quite a few times? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. It so was, that doesn't help when you don't know when help. to find it yeah. <laughs> or where. I mean, I'm sure you probably, probably wear, but... I don't know if anyone else whined about this, but, you know, we were constantly being promised Thursday night at some point because that was, uh, you yeah, know, if was you were on night. between Friends and Seinfeld and ER, it was just, you, you were all set. Good to go. And uh, never happened. So see, oh. see if you want to, TV. Yeah. Not must see. Just, you know, if you catch <laughs> it, it's there. Yeah. Um, it's around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, so there's this, uh, do you know the origin of this whole, of the whole story where BB New Earth is stealing Beth's identity, basically? I don't know. I okay. mean, they, they were friends, you know, they've yeah, been sure. in uh, Damn Yankees, I think, yeah. uh, okay. on Broadway. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't actually know. I, it may honestly have been BB Newworth is coming in next week, and we need a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may have just thrown out a bunch of ideas, and this is the one that stuck. I, I have no idea. Yeah, um, you know. I just remember being so shocked at seeing her not play Lilith because I'd never seen her play anything with personality. Yeah, so right. and exactly. she's good. Like just all this energy and shit. No, she's she's a great actress. She's been like amazing on Broadway. Sure. You know? yeah. So um, she has that. She's just you know no one's seen it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. 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 Um, no, and she's great, and, and uh, she and Vicky really were good friends, so it was kind of fun to have her have her around. Um, and she's just, I I forgot how short those pants were. Those, those, <laughs> those the skirt. I know. Yeah, yeah, skirt? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was yeah, like, whatever whoa. it was, it was yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, it's uh again a crazy costume design on this show. Yeah, there was uh yeah we had really <laughs> really good costume people, and they and they definitely went for it when Vicky was concerned. So, mm-hmm. You know. Um, they're talking about they frequently on this on the commentary for this episode talk about that it's the only Emmy, which is fucked up to me that it's the only Emmy the show ever got was costume. Mm. I mean, they deserved it, but I wish there sure. more. Yeah. The, the, the one that kills me is Phil not getting it. Yeah, oh, that is right. oh, for David Hyde Pierce, who, yes, he's great, but he had like nine of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's yeah. good to go. Yeah. That just felt that felt like the, the final insult. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, good. I'm done with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there's a OK. Uh, Jen and I both reacted to this watching. There's a real, there's a bit where, damn it, and I wish I'd written, I don't have the preamble to it, but somebody makes a joke and then Beth says, hey, that's funny. And I don't, for some reason, it just really kills me. I just watched it last night. Yeah. Did you, it almost ju- seems uh, like something Bill would say, but she was so frustrated that she got to the point of rage that Bill gets to more often. Right. Yeah. She's not there very often. No. But, um, yeah. It's fun. Like, uh, it's really fun to see her. Uh, get something where she can be really kind of over the top and manic because she's mm-hmm. really good at it. And, yeah. And a lot of the time she was just sort of, you know, uh, sort of exchanging witty dialogue with Dave. And mm-hmm. when she could really like flip out, she's great. And you know, it was fun yeah. to watch. So yeah, there's uh, I, I, I also love that as part of the plot is just like how manipulative she, and it's kind of a bill level of manipulation where she's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to, I'm going to make Matthew think that I'm in love with him just to show you that my friend is an asshole. Right. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Yeah, just, I, I, I don't. Is it mean? I don't know. I, I, I think we used to mean. we used to love just, uh, you know, doing that to Matthew. Of was course, so much fun. sure. Well, why wouldn't so you? So much fun. And he, Andy Dick is so great, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, people taping the word "spaz" on his back and all that kind of. We just I, like it was, he was just so so fun to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe, maybe it's mean. I have no idea. I don't, I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care. It's funny. <laughs> and again, it's, it comes from working in an office where we made fun of each other all the time. And sure, no one minded. Sure. It was great. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if a bunch of comedy writers, that's bound to happen. It's different. It's not like uh, any one of you has to be the one Matthew in the office right. all the time. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty like writerly sort of nerdy bunch. So it was mm-hmm. generally very sweet. Uh, torture, <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and uh, it was always fun and always good, but yeah, but I mean, you know, that's what we're used to, so mm-hmm. yeah. How uh, so you were fresh off of SNL when you started this? Yes, I did one year at SNL, mm-hmm. uh, and then here. Is there something you worked on SNL that would pop out of my brain, possibly? Oh boy, um, I did a couple <laughs> commercial parodies. Okay, uh, there was the Paradox Car. Uh, I don't know if and, I remember uh, that one. Bathroom monkey was one. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a live monkey that it's really dumb. Uh, uh, so and then uh, yeah, some other stuff. I mean, you know, uh, I only stayed there years, so it's not like I was like you know gangbusters mm-hmm. on the thing. Um, it was kind of a mutual parting of the ways. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it is your first year you're helping out other more established mm-hmm. writers and sort of you know, um, I enjoyed it, it was, but it was just like. It's uh, it was the last year of like Sandler and Farley, okay, and okay. all those guys were great, but they were all kind of moving on to movies. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. cast was enormous. Remember, they had Gene Garofalo, yeah, and Michael McKeon and Chris Elliott. It was just crazily like who are all wonderful, but sure. like when there's twenty five of them, it's, it's yeah. hard to you know uh, you kind of lose track. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was it was just wasn't a great year for the show, mm-hmm. and it was. Um, when there's that many people, it's also kind of weirdly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, huge writing staff, huge cast. Everyone wants to be on the show, and it's just whatever sketch gets the laughs gets in. So it's, um, you know, you go from this competitive writing situation yeah. to one that is entirely collaborative. Um, like, we want you to get on the air. Yeah, and it's also like, you know, we, we all, you know, despite whatever name is on the script, it's yeah. basically just a group effort. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and yeah. So, um Sounds refreshing. It's not yeah. we hired you again to get us the shit that's going to make people laugh. We hired you because we think you would be fun to work with, and we'd like to actually have your words in our script. Yeah, that is a weird environment. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's also it's also like I mean, on a sitcom, if you're an asshole, you get fired. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't work like you all have to work together all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so if you know if people don't like you, it's you know <laughs> then you're gone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a different kind of a it's a whole different mentality. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, so a- after news radio, what was the next thing? After news radio, I, what did I do? I mean, were you out to do sitcoms? Was that your thing? Or yeah, you, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. or you know, Letterman or SNL or okay. whatever. I just wanted to write comedy. Okay. Um, and you know, the the best easiest place to do that was TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very different environment back then than it is now. But it was just kind of you know you could go and write a few spec scripts and get a job in TV and it was just like, Oh, you can, I can do this for 20 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was very, it was in, in many ways, it was a lot easier, you know, and you need, you didn't have to promote yourself quite as much. You didn't have to, you know, be putting stuff on YouTube and sure. Twitter and all this stuff. You just wrote some scripts and then, and then you got hired and either worked out and it became a career or not. But, mm-hmm. um, which is good cause I'm lazy. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't get a job now. Um, but, uh, what was the question? Sorry. Right after right news radio. Oh yeah. So, um, then I, I signed a deal with Disney to work on, I would, which I worked on, uh, they did an animated version of Clerks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right, um, yeah. And then I, the Disney deal was winding down and they didn't really have anything for me to do. And a friend said, come work on the Michael Richard show. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> see, that's the first of two 
super high profile NBC spinoffs uh, that I ruined. So it was that one, uh, and then Joey, which I also sank. Uh-huh. Uh, but in, in between the was two it, of those, was it you I that sank Joey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was a great writing staff, and uh-huh. Matt LeBlanc is hilarious. Yeah, and I just I don't know why that show didn't work. Yeah, and I get that it didn't. You yeah, know, right? But like, uh, the people running it were great. Sure, and, and I, you know, it was so much fun. And yeah. then it's just like. I don't know. It's not very good. So. There are a lot of great things that taste great, but don't taste great together. Though. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, happens. Yeah, I no. mean, it's, and it doesn't. You don't know until it hits. Right, like, but like, you don't understand how great Matt LeBlanc is. Like, yeah, super nice, really funny. I mean, oh, James Burroughs wouldn't stop talking about him when we interviewed him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 So you know, and I'm like, okay, he gave me a little new perspective on Joey. No, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I mean, I, I, no one compares with Phil, but he had that. He had that ability to read a line in several different ways and okay. they're all funny and they're all true. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. And so, uh, yeah, give him respect. All right. <laughs> done, done and done. <laughs> but Matt, anyway, so. Matt, you're welcome on the show to talk about a, a show you've probably never seen. Yeah. <laughs> except for the one you were in the case. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, and then, uh, but in between the Michael Richards show, I've done three years of The Simpsons uh-huh. uh, and liked it, uh, but then just wanted to do other stuff. So I left The Simpsons and then I had kids. Mm-hmm. And The Simpsons is like the only steady job. In all of Hollywood. Right, so, right. I basically called them up and said, You need a writer back? And so, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yes. I've been there ever since. So. Nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so good. Yeah, it's a great job. It's really fun. Well, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going off uh, on, on side tangents. Okay, yeah. uh, what do you think would have happened, season six, episode one of News Ooh. Radio? Oh, They're God. in New Hampshire. Probably, I, probably. I it's no an idea. insane ending to a show. It is an insane ending. To the I show. love it, but yeah. it's insane. Well, we sort of always every year you kind of felt like should we build in an ending to the show because like you're right, we never knew if we we're going to be picked up again. Sure. Um, that season five, I wasn't really around. I was working with uh, Paul and Joe Fury mm-hmm. on. He had a uh, uh, a pilot for a new show. Okay, and we were we were on the same lot next to News Radio, so we'd come in occasionally. I think they let me write an episode or help out in an episode. It might have been Bill Moves On or... Okay. I, mean, I don't know what it was, but it's one episode where I helped out on it. Okay. Um, no, it wouldn't have been Bill Moves On. It would have been Paul. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking about this. Uh, so, um, so I wasn't around too much. Uh, and I think there was... I do think there was a real sense the show was over. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it would have been... You know, it would have been the same stuff. They would have... It probably would have been... It wouldn't change your focus at all. So they would have never left the office. Yeah, you would have had to change the backdrop. Sure. I wonder if I keep thinking the plan. I, this could be wrong. I think the plan might have been to have the same office with the cows out back. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be a joke, but I think that That's might actually be honest. Oh I think God. it. I think that may honestly be the truth. <laughs> that it was like we're gonna have the same office with just cows. Uh, Pretty great for yeah, a whole season. That I would is, like that. Oh, that's I'd, amazing. Yeah. I uh, I recently did. Um, Alan and I are doing a, he's in a movie that I'm working on and I recently did shoehorn myself in and just say that I interned at a radio station in New Hampshire back in the 90s. So I hadn't, I was, uh, it's, you know, it's not my place, but I shoehorned it into the same universe. Um, so yeah, no, I've just wondered, I, I'm going to ask every writer to see what they think would have, but I love that idea. Yeah. I love the idea that that would be the backdrop. I think that's right, same yeah. damn office. That's <laughs> fucking Oh, that's amazing. Uh, man, I have a lot of notes for this episode. Good, why, keep going. why do I have all these notes? Um, see, the problem is, okay, oh, okay, there's a really there's a really dumb joke that is not in one of your scenes necessarily, but there's there's a, there's the bit where um, 
B.B. Uh, Newworth's character is looking at Matthew and says, those eyes, it's like I'm staring into the ocean. He's like, yeah, sometimes the pollen makes yeah, my yeah. eyes. It's such a, like, I, I, but I, that's another thing too. Like that's a, that's a ridiculous, silly sitcom joke, but they get, I, I don't know, like how it's a three, three camera show with these dumbass jokes sometimes right like, work so beautifully and it, beautifully. It, you know and you but you know it's not like eh, i'm just writing a throwaway joke you're like i know what will work for this person's face and voice and everything you're giving us too much credit because you think yes um because because if so that means i'm insulting your writing and that's not my intent oh i'm not trying feel, to insult your writing don't do it when lou morton comes in because he will <laughs> he will go at you <laughs> he's very nice um but uh um, so, you know, that's probably like any joke that ends up on the show often is the fifth or sixth joke we've tried in that place. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. It's like, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get it right on, on the, on the, on the table read. Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's like, you know, we just kept trying stuff and, yeah. and you always hear it funny in your head, mm -hmm. but sometimes the actor just can't do it that way or, sure. or, or it feels it should come out differently yeah and so you just keep trying stuff and, and and then you know andy hits on this thing and you go okay great that's you know right that's the joke for there and also what i love about it it is a really dumb joke yeah, yeah. um and there's a lot of really dumb jokes in yeah. these radio right and there's nothing wrong i'm not insulting oh god no no no, no no i'm, I'm super proud of them shit. yeah good okay because like you know i i if you have it's all the same kind of joke then it, you know, right there's yeah. no surprise there it's like writing. i i love when like a, a well-written scene has the corniest joke in the world somewhere mm -hmm. in it. Yes. And that, but it's really well acted. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. uh, so, no, it's great. Yeah. Dumb. We, we would, uh, we would often, I mean, we'd always use the word dumb as praise. Yeah. Always. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. That makes me feel good. Cause like, yeah. nice. it's the same reason like Conan's my favorite late night guy. And that's mm -hmm. only because like, I rarely laugh. I'm just like, idiot. Like every time. And he makes yeah. a joke, I just say idiot. Yeah. And that's, that to me is a big compliment. No, like, it's, it's, it's really, it's really great to be willing to be in, to be such, be a good enough sport to be dumb, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, and to be willing yeah. to, to to look like a, a jerk to make people laugh is mm -hmm. fun. You know, it's great. It's it's very. Uh... If you're gonna go dumb real hard, I think you should like you have to embrace it. And I feel like every time news radio did like a really corny, super dumb joke, it was fully like just fully aware of how dumb it was and sure, went that's with true. it there was as yeah, much right. like leaned right into it. Right. No, you know, there's this, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just like, it's just fun. It's fun to, mm -hmm. to, to throw yourself out there and say, I'm going to do the dumbest thing possible, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, no, I, I love all that stuff. Is it, I wonder, cause a lot of the thing I talk about on my other podcast is like word choice when it comes to comedy and is this mm -hmm. word funny or, or some, some writers don't think about that and some standups don't think about that. Is it a matter of knowing more exactly the right word choice or knowing exactly the right type of joke to make? Like for instance, I think there are probably 10 jokes you could have made about the pollen thing. You could have said right. it a different, but right. knowing that this is the type of joke you had to put there. Um, I would say that there's no joke we had to put there. Mm -hmm. Like it's super collaborative, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, when a you know uh, if a stand up is writing from you know the stand up knows how he or she is going to say it right mm -hmm. um, we don't really know what it's going to be like when it comes out of an actor's mouth mm -hmm. uh, and especially in this case we have great actors right, right? even if so, you're reading it out loud while you're reading it or oh yeah no no no, it, no, no, no. yeah because yeah. uh, you know um, again it's they they can just constantly surprise you right so mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is 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 you write it and you listen to them read it and then you go all right all this stuff works this is this doesn't and we'll just keep 
working on these things that don't work until we find something that, and a lot of times it would be, you know, Joe Fury on the floor while we're shooting. Just, what, what if this happens? And, and mm-hmm. it can completely change a scene. And, uh, but it was great. You know, it, it's super collaborative and, and, um, and that's a really fun way to work. Cause it's, yeah. it's just, you know, the actors are involved and they're coming up with so many, I mean, you know, Dave Foley would write whole scenes and he's great. This you know? is what so, I've heard. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, and sometimes we'd say no and that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. Um, it, he was kind of like having another writer. So he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all, they all came up with stuff and they were all, uh, they're, they're great. Yeah. I, I miss them, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you know, speaking of really silly jokes, we, we get back down to, God damn it. I really like the stuff that happens in the lobby. There's this whole run, this vaudeville run where he's saying, oh, uh, Toby Huss asked him his extension, two, four, two, four, four, one. Two four four yeah, yeah, two, yeah. like you just no one one two one, four two. four one one one, one two, two four, 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 four one. one. Right, right. So dumb. It's really dumb. I love it so 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 much. Yeah. Oh God. Now do, do, do you do you remember do you remember writing this at all? Like like to that no. point where it's like no 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 nope. nope, not at all. Okay, that's fine. Like I said, part of it was that yeah. I was in pure panic for the first year I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really settle down until season three. So, yeah. Um. But uh, you know, but then you know a lot. You're just trying so many things and like you know i i'm sure my original draft was 20 percent as funny as it ended up you know what i mean it's it's like it just it gets better as time yeah. goes on because everyone gets involved and yeah. and so and you know toby makes it funny so it's yes, it's you know so i have i have no memory of writing it i'm sure i wrote something like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean because there are only so many like ways in which he, they can impede his progress. Yeah. It's not that complicated a situation. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You would <laughs> you think. Know. But they yeah. make it more complicated. They somehow. do. Yeah. But you got to add those, right? You got to add those complications. And there are only so many that you can really think of. Yeah, so, that's great. Um, but the final form of it, I'm sure was, you know, Joe Fury or some, someone just came up with something and Toby figured it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Who knows? So, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could take more credit for things. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, the truth is it's totally collaborative. Do you do you have any I'm curious if as a, some some writers do do you have any acting or stand up experience no, at all? None. Terrified. Just writing. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been on camera. Um some of us were. You can see Josh and Lou uh and Joe. Uh I'm pretty sure Drake was Drake should have been. He, he was, was, if I'm not mistaken, he took Norm Macdonald's place for an episode because he sounded so much like him. If, if I remember oh, that they said, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what right. I said. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's very tall, right? Dark yeah. hair. Oh, he did take. Yeah, he did yeah. take his place. Yes, yeah, right. He sounded so much like him. It's yes. upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never was on camera. I just like I I freeze up. I I like I <clears throat> definitely my place is behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm amazed I'm here. Honestly, talking to a I, uh, I'm, I'm going. I, I, I'm going on on the assumption you're not recording this. If I find out you are, it's gonna it's gonna be over. Oh yeah, no, these, these microphones are here for fun. <laughs> Excellent. Um, just for feel to make you feel like something's actually happening. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's this. Uh, once we, f- it finally comes to a head in this episode when, when Matthew just says, "I can't keep stringing stringing you both along." Yeah. You know, he just does his whole. <laughs> That's good, Matthew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Thanks, buddy. Wouldn't want to ruin our friendship, and then. Yeah. Oh God! Like it, it, and like he just drops a chocolate heart out of a. It's like this fucking Charlie Brown moment. <laughs> Holy crap! I love he it. He even takes a moment to try and figure out how to explain, like 
how to explain away the fact that he even has one with him. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I like that. I like I like how slow it is because it is sort of like you know it is drawn out. It's like, it's so not, I like you know, chocolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're cheaper when you buy it in these funny shape. Oh, it's a hard idea. Oh, even yeah, notice. didn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. And then to steal the scene completely, right. that's when Stephen Root walks in. Jimmy James walks in, and just like eh, just gleefully, like a child, that's drops it. In almost it. like it's yeah. a metaphor for something. For some, I don't know what it is. What were we um, talking about? Uh, were we talking about dumb things earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and that's just like I also uh, I also like though that you know it's it's all character, but there are some there are times when a character would just totally just switch gears and not be like they normally are. Yeah, just yeah somehow yeah. fine. Yeah. Hundred percent fine. It's you can't do it too much, sure, because then they stop being who they are. Sure, mm-hmm. um, and it, sometimes it's easy. Like you mm-hmm. try to avoid doing it too much. Yeah. You know, there has to be some reason for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, other than they got drunk, because that's mm-hmm. the easy one. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as long as as long as it's motivated, yeah, then it's really fun to play around with for an episode or a scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you gotta always, be careful. It's always really fun to see when that happens. Because yeah. I don't, I don't think you guys did it too much. Like all the characters seem to have i mean i don't know if the rules for them were ever written down but they seem to have like very strong personalities yet you you did mess with them and put them in situations where they just weren't they were totally out of their box and yeah. it was so much fun to see that yeah. too um like constant like i remember steven root would always be saying you know he didn't want Jimmy to be too much of a goofball remember uh-huh. he's a billionaire and there's a reason for it and that kind of thing right. so yeah. they would they would pull us back too cuz um it it's it's you know, it's a, it's like a, a the sweetest candy. It's like you know, you can one piece is great, and then two, you're kind of like, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So you can just do a little bit of it. And sprinkle yeah, it yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I guess it's justified, though. In that case, if it's okay if Jimmy's only in two spots in this episode because they're they're fucked up and like they're they're those pieces of candy. You know, like you get right. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It maybe not a lot as much fun for him because he doesn't get to act as much. Well, but. the you know what you what we what you really want the ideal thing is one. It's pretty much one story that everyone has an opinion on. Mm-hmm. All, mm-hmm. all eight cast members? Right. Are there eight? I think so. Something like that? I'd have to count. That they all have their own take on. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, or they're all working together. Like the thing I love is the, uh, uh, I think it's season four where the efficiency expert shows up, uh-huh. Ron Graham, right? And uh, everyone's trying to keep her from discovering what an idiot Matthew is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's so hard, but they're all working together. You know, yeah. that's like, I mean that scene uh, I remember Paul kind of putting that together yeah and it was just like it just works so well and just one I think flows into the next and mm-hmm. it's physical and like and you know what everyone's trying to accomplish and yeah. you know what I mean so w- I think as the show went on we sort of discovered m- ways to do that more to have uh, instead of Jimmy as a shredder you know uh, uh-huh. you know, you know sure. what I mean BB and blah, 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 right we've already been over this but Instead of doing that thing, uh, getting everyone in the same room more, you know, or at least having just two stories with everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has a take on it like that, because that's like those are the great episodes. That's what we're talking about with Rat Funeral. Rat Funeral is actually one story. Yeah. Really, like yeah. the B story is Jen was pointing out. It's, it's really sort like of maybe a B story, it's like, but a, like it's eight point five. Like it's yeah. it's it's not really. It's it's more of the subtext turned into text for like a few scenes in yeah. Dave's office. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's that's. That's kind of like, I don't want to say daring, but you know, it's like unusual. Super no, it's great. Unusual. Yeah, I love that episode. Um, you you got to mention it to Lou because he wrote it. Um, but, uh, you know, and the, other, the other interesting thing is sometimes when it feels like this is sort of a B story, there actually was a B story and it just got cut. So, but you couldn't cut all of it. So you've got like these little weird vestiges mm-hmm. <laughs> through the show. That does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we tried to, because, uh, you know, often we would record the show and be like, it would be like, 
the 29 minutes long or something insane and we had to cut these huge chunks out of the show sure right and cutting four like three or four minutes is great because mm-hmm. you lose all the dead weight but more than that you're cutting story and it's just it's a mess right so but we just we yeah, we liked writing so we, yeah, <laughs> we wrote, sure. wrote a of lot course. of stuff um well i mean if you write an 80 page episode of a show i mean oh, you must God. really like writing yeah i, I admitted that to you <laughs> off uh <laughs> off microphone yeah. i can cut that yeah no no it's fine no no that's the yeah the the uh, there's an episode I wrote that was near and dear to my heart about it was the arcade and the original draft was 81 pages mm-hmm. and I just wrote <laughs> delivery and Drake said something like just looked at it and he's like what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> and Drake was like, like super funny and older you know he's in his 30s which mm-hmm. back then was like oh my god he's yeah, so yeah, old sure yeah <laughs> horrifying but uh, um, and it really hit home I was really ashamed but <laughs> How many pages is this draft of it? Which is almost a shooting draft. Yeah, this draft. is a like what is this? A table draft. Okay, so that's fifty-five. Okay, see, because I that's honestly was never sure what was t- what was typical at least at that point because again the format's a little different. Oh, this from is photocopy. Who's this writing? I got to see who this writing. Yeah, I was, I was wondering. It's a photocopy. Like I said, I bought it on. There's this one person who sells these on eBay uh-huh. and mm-hmm. always has copies. So they clearly are just photocopying one that they, they already had. So it's, there's no way this was any in anybody's hands on the show. But you know, it's pretty cool. No, I, I you know I'm, I. I'm sure it was if it was if it has but, oh I mean, this actual this actual yeah yeah you know it's like it's got like hard to read photocopied writing so yeah. I've been trying to figure it out what's also great is like getting to read through that and be like oh I'm glad they changed the joke to this or it would have been interesting if they had tried this yeah this and, way, you know you know some and there are a lot of jokes that read better on the page and mm-hmm. you actually perform For sure. them and you're like sure. this doesn't make any sense so yeah um yeah no they're they're uh, uh <laughs> there's 81 pages of material with that mm. and uh, <laughs> all of it's solid none of it just blathering on <laughs> I, I i really do like um if we're gonna talk about bill's arc a little bit more in this episode his mm-hmm. everything that happens there's okay we normally do like our favorite line and our favorite moment yeah i didn't really get to pick <clears throat> pick through for my favorite moment my favorite line is him saying a little lobby hijinks i love it there's this whole bit where like that he's like oh he thinks they're fucking with him he's like oh no 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 you still can't go through and yeah, then, yeah, the, yeah. The very end is like oh no 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 he gets his id Oh, I'm sorry. That expired last month, and he tears it up. And, oh, I'm just kidding. And then he's like, "Oh," and he lets it through. Sorry, no, no, no. You still need that. And it just ends that they won't let him through. And it's just so fucking frustrating to it's, me. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Well, we've all been there, you know. Sure. These people who have power over you, uh, mm-hmm. you and are going to use it. And, yeah, yeah. But I also love that it is perfectly. It's it's comeuppance for Bill for being an asshole. Yeah, like, no, he know? deserves it. Yeah, he's a hundred percent. Like this is the kind of thing you put. Matthew through or Dave yeah. through on a, on a daily basis. You've also got to believe that they somehow can't get in touch with the office. Uh huh. It's a big buy, right? That mm-hmm, they can't mm-hmm. actually get him upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right. they don't have a phone list uh-huh. or yeah. anything. They talk about yeah, Toby Huss does that thing you were talking about with uh-huh. the dialing the extension. It's like, well, why didn't he just dial? Yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, Whatever. when he does reach, he, he reaches Catherine the one time they do get through to anybody, and Catherine's the one who says, "No, he's already right. Up here. Right. Which is so so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I don't know. I, re- I really I, I like that. So I'm well. First of all, thank you for doing this. This is a very My fun episode pleasure. to talk about too. I'm I'm glad that we finally got around to it. Yeah, me too. Um, do you have anything to promote? What do you want to promote? Oh, I got no, 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 nothing, nothing to promote. No, I, watch, zero. Watch I told you I'm lazy. Watch The Simpsons. Watch I, The Simpsons. <laughs> it's still I, on. <laughs> if you can believe it. I Did thought you? that it would be cool to ask. Um, do you have a favorite character or a couple of them? That's a good uh, question. Or to write for, or however you want to I mean, talk about that. <laughs> the easiest to write for was Phil, from what we've already discussed, because mm-hmm. you know, he was just so funny. My favorite to write for normally was uh, Lisa, because 
actually weirdly enough my favorite character simpsons is lisa it's mm-hmm. it's the sort of uh you know a lot of writers are pretty nerdy and so and she's the nerdiest i think right of yeah uh i mean uh, matthew's a, a, an alien he's just sure, not, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not a human oh, being yeah. yeah uh but lisa is, is smart and filled with anxiety and all that stuff and that yeah. stuff is just really fun to write um you know, like the, in that arcade episode where she thinks that she's getting dumber, <laughs> and it's just like that's that's totally oh God, just all I the writers going. So much of that episode, yeah, I know exactly. Right, we all do, and yeah. it's like cause we're all neurotic, and so um, yeah, she was the most fun. Cool, but they were all great. That's and awesome. do you have a favorite favorite episode or? Uh, for me, it's arcade. Okay. Although, uh, as a viewer, well, see, there's there's a few. There's uh, smoking is amazing. For oh sure. yes, yep. and also amazing that it was that good that early in the series. Yeah. Like, yep. I mean, really it's crazy how good that episode is. Yeah. And we we you know <laughs> we got so tired, you know, we were just hey good episode today. Yeah, it's no smoking episode because we just heard that all the time, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but uh, uh, for me, uh, it was arcade just because it was so based on what actually went on in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I really love the, the the fantasy episodes, and I I really yeah. uh, I think Bill Bill moves on is great. It's, mm-hmm. it's I can't watch it, but it's of course it, yeah. Oh. But it was really well handled. I uh, think it was beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. was just yeah. It's really hard. It's really I don't want to see it. It's uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes me yeah. too sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like I said, the, some of the stuff with the uh, with the efficiency expert, mm-hmm. uh, them trying to save Matthew's job, and then him being, <laughs> turning out to be a a highly uh, skilled dentist. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Also, and then dentistry is my skill, but AM talk, AM news radio is my passion, or something. Yeah, right, like right, that. right. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why the line. Oh, I thought you'd have soft pink gingiva stands out. I don't know why. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. Yeah. Uh, I also love Andrea's arc of turning out to be a formal former criminal. No, not just former. She was an arsonist the year before, <laughs> right. which is also like this insane logical leap that it makes no sense that she's that person now. But it's great. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. There, there's a lot coming up to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And we would be glad to have you back. So. Oh, please. I'd love to. Yeah. Anytime. Um. Well, then I'll pro. pro- Are you on Twitter though? Yeah, I am, but my stupid. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Well, this is this is a very quick story. story. Uh, you okay. can cut this. Uh, so, my um, handle, whatever thing, is at DC Guzzler. Okay. Which sounds super dirty, <laughs> but it was just it was actually from news radio because I drank so much Diet Coke that the cool character I came with for myself was the DC Guzzler. <laughs> And then it became this thing where the DC Guzzler was a 70s cop. And it just like got, it got really ornate. Holy shit. And so uh, it's a great name, DC Guzzler. Yeah. But, it, it, but people are just like, you know, we're, you know, people don't like it. And I understand why. So I just, I got to change it. So it's find me sometime. You should just like start making up more, st- I don't know, like just, just embrace it and they can deal with it. Yeah. I, I liked embracing it at News Radio because it was such an uninter- uninteresting trait to have mm-hmm. this guy drinks a lot of diet but to base your whole persona on like i gotta have a diet coke right? <laughs> <laughs> this is all this cop had going on so he drinks a lot of diet coke. I, I, don't, I don't think he even solved crimes i'd happily watch that yeah show. <laughs> oh, God. um well you guys should follow us now uh, yes. Also, in, as well as DC Guzzler, follow us <laughs> at WNYX News Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and now on Facebook as well. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash WNYX, that'll take you to our page or stolendress.com slash WNYX. 
Oh, there's a lot of crap. Um, go to lookingforwardmovie.com. That is the movie that we're doing one blog at a time for only a couple more weeks. Actually, by the time this comes out, yeah, there's only one week left. Uh, so because the election will hit, you will see the final few blogs. Alan's in that as well. And it is officially, well, unofficially in the news radio universe. Uh, and <laughs> in about a month from, from <clears throat> when this comes out, my first documentary will come out on DVD. Go to lordsofsoaptown.com, and hopefully I'll have information up there if I remember to. Um, well, thank you guys very much for listening. Brian, thank you so much for this was really fun thank you guys um and as we say at the end of every episode catch you later bee cakes dispatches from fort awesome a news radio podcast is part of the stolen dress podcast network the show is hosted by alan rickard jason klom and jen who lives on the ether our theme song was composed and performed by michael warden have questions call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com you can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big Daddy Day, Dave. <laughs>